Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist by kineticist and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Because I really competed with the best in the world, in the European circuits, at world champs. For me, more or less, I ran against the best guy in the world. I can more or less compete with anyone else. I guess it's that recovery. So, you know, we measure it in the ability to sustain an effort for a long period of time. Zach measures it in his ability to recover for his next effort. Like you were telling me, like, you know very well that so-and-so is going to come on your shoulders already before the 200. Don't panic. Stick to race plan. I I got a bit of a shocker, you know. Uh, I mean, I made it through to the next round, but I got a bit of a shocker. And then I'm like, my pride didn't really allow me to take an L. So I fall started. Wow. All right. Well, you are being very truthful. I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> Have you told anybody else's story? <laughs> we're going yeah. to break this to the world. Do you think that carbon fiber shoes can make a difference in your running speed? You should try Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions for your home or business. They're fast, effective, and take the podium for the best customer service in the game. Nicola. Davide. How are you? I'm good. I'm, a, I'm excited for this conversation. What conversation? <laughs> the conversation we're about to have with Zach, Zakiti Nene. Tell me what he does. So he's he's completely different to anything that we know or do. <laughs> he's a runner though, apparently. He's a runner, yeah. It sounds like it, it's a bit foreign compared to what we are as long distance, even middle distance on a, a 5,000. But mm-hmm. this guy's a sprinter, man. He's an elite level sprinter. 400 meters. 400 meters, 200 meters. He's a double South African 400 meter champion back to back 2021, 2022. And, and just to give the listeners an understanding, because some of you might not know this, but 400 meters is, is one lap around the field. And basically this guy runs as fast as he physically can around, around one lap. And his current PB <laughs> is 44, 74. Which is it's about 20 seconds faster than Davey running around uh, one lap of track. It's not bad though. Eh? It's not bad. I mean, you, it's not you, bad. For every, for every second, <laughs> you're losing two. It's not bad. My I'm, maths I'm, is terrible. I don't know. I, don't know, <laughs> I didn't I don't even bother it. questioning you there. Either way, this guy was born in KZN, born Lady in Smith. Ladysmith, lived in Belito, literally may as well have come run track with us a couple of times, but <laughs> obviously wasn't up for it. And he is currently <laughs> sitting at ninth position in the world. So he is the in top 10 best 400 meter runners in the entire world. Currently. He, currently. Going to world champs next year, hoping for Olympics. Well, kind of certainly Olympics. He's well, been to the Olympics. Been to the Olympics, Tokyo Olympics, going to the Paris Olympics. And this is going to be a conversation that's completely foreign to us and probably our listeners as well because all we ever talk about is long distance running and this is going to be completely different opposite the very short sharp end of the stick where one second makes a huge difference so we do not uh, we do not judge because all runners are runners <laughs> apparently except us right we haven't done much running we, we I'm still struggling to get 30k's in a week <laughs> we're still getting into it slowly but surely 
it is going to take time after a big goal. Like, I mean, Zach right now is in his off season. So it's good to see the elite level athletes are taking their off season seriously. He reckons he keeps his feet up. I don't think Davies kept his feet up much. No. So <laughs> that's probably why. You need to keep your feet up more, Davies. You just can't. Just I can't. simply can't. Just love running too I just much. love it so I much. I love running. It's so good for my health. <laughs> All right, guys. That's what I keep telling myself. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, if you haven't had a chance to see the world record getting broken just recently from Elliot Kipchoge over the marathon. Yes, we are talking about long distance running again. See, we can't get away from it. No, we can't. What are we talking about? But he ran a two hour, one minute and nine seconds. Beat his records by 30 seconds. He, he's just a machine runner. He's he's poetry in motion when you're watching him run. I think we should reach out, get him on the show. <laughs> What do All you right, think? Baby. Next guess. Next <laughs> guess. We're looking for a sponsor. Make, for it, ha- make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the show with Zach. Zach, thank you so much for being here with us today. We, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your restful schedule right now in your, in your off season. And tell us a little bit about your background, um, your, your running background. Let's start off with that. Um, obviously, we know you you 400-meter specialist, done a bit of 200. We were chatting a little bit in the past. You'd done a little bit of cross-country, 5,000. But what what made you settle on that 400? Um, I'm basically from Ladysmith. So I went to school, Monument Primary School, like a local school there. So that's where I got introduced to the sport. Really, I participated in athletics, trying to get speed, to compete in rugby and be all competitive and all. So, um, you must have been on the wing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> wing fullback. Those, those are my positions. Um, so, obviously, I just started flourishing a bit more on the track. So, I had to like shift focus into that. So, I was a deadly 120 meter athlete growing up. And then from there onwards, I took a bit of a break uh, from, from actual sprinting. And I did a bit of cross country, a bit of like road running. I don't oh. want to say road running, but oh. a bit of like road running. Five oh. K, so five K's, five yes. K's. That was me. That was like my, like my max. Uh, this was around like thirteen, fourteen. How, how did you do there, though? Just out of curiosity. I was okay. I was okay. Uh, I think I used to run like nineteen, eighteen minutes. Around okay. about there. Well, five thousand so, meters. Yeah, yeah. And how um, how old were you there? This was fourteen. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> okay. about there. I could be lying. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so then from there onwards, uh, I went back into the track. So obviously I've been lacking a bit of speed since I've been on the road a bit too much. And then, so I tried to find a happy medium and the 400 just happened to be that event. And I never looked back since. Because I mean, 400 meters is, is arguably the, the toughest event. It's sort of in between those those two energy systems that we were talking about with Ant, the sports scientist last week. <clears throat> it's sort of, it's, it's not really long enough to be guaranteed to be called an aerobic event. Uh, it's still well within that anaerobic threshold of what uh, scientists say, 30 to 45 seconds. But it's in that crossover. So you really do get to that point in a 400 meter, especially the times that you're running. I mean, the times that Davy and I are running, not as much. But, you know, what is that like last 100 meters like? It must, it must hurt quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> Describe it to us. You know, like, uh, like I always say, like, it doesn't really matter how fast you run your first your first half of, of the race. The lactic is always the same. Whether I, I go slower of the first three hundred or I go faster, I'm still gonna feel more or less the same pain over the first of over the last hundred. You know, like you know, like when you're when you're running or you're sprinting, 
you really can't really like hear the voices, you know. So mm. by the time you get to the last fifty, once the lecture kicks, you can ha- you can hear like <laughs> each and every conversation happening in the stands. <laughs> Loud and clear. I don't care. So that's how bad it gets. Sure, it, it is. It's amazing to to hear that side of it because you know, for us, you know, most of our training and that is done at at a comfortable pace. We're doing mileage based training in order to become more aerobically fit. But I mean, your training must be a bit upside down from that it must be completely different to the type of work that we would do i mean do you build an aerobic base and then do quite a bit of sprint work on top of that or how, how does that all work how's your I, training i asked zach if he could run a 10k when he sat down here and, and you, you you're petrified at the thought of like running <laughs> i could never <laughs> i could never <laughs> so how do, so how do no you build, build your training you know just for any athlete out there wanting to perhaps go more towards the sharp end of the stick, so 100 meters, 200 meters, up to 800s, even 1.5, what, what is the major change in, in the training? Um, so uh, when you start off the season, you do a bit of uh, more aerobic and um, less uh, quality, less speed. So high quantity, uh, less quality. And then as the season progresses, uh, when you start getting in season, basically the scale starts to flip and starting a bit more quality and dropping a bit of uh, the quantity. So you're just trying to work all systems, making sure that you got your strength there, you got your, your aerobic capacity there, and then your sprinting base as well is also right up there as well. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much like about it. But that aerobic base, I mean, like Davey says, you wouldn't go around and take K. So how do you build your aerobic base without doing any sprint work, but without um, doing any longer distance? So like uh, if I was just to break down like my, my training schedule like for the week, I'd pretty much have like 12 sessions, 12 sessions a week where um, on a Monday I would run 12 minutes, which equates to just over 3Ks for me right now and add in a bit of strength and a bit of speed on a Monday. And then once you move into uh, Tuesdays, uh, we would do more endurance. So I'll be doing a whole lot of intervals. My interval session being 600. That's like the max I'd go. So I'd do like three or four of those. Uh, with less rest, uh, trying to get that ticker working. And then basically that's how the cycle works. So Monday is a bit of my speed and all that. And then Tuesday, a bit of more endurance. And then Wednesday, mm-hmm. then like, so mm-hmm. until the week, weekend. And so uh, on. Mm. That's very interesting. I mean, that sounds like more Davies, Davies style of training. <laughs> I've been t- 12 minutes of running though. Like, <laughs> at what pace are you running those 12 minutes? Uh, just under four minutes. Just just yeah, it just it doesn't make sense to me. Hey, like this is it's completely different. It's foreign. Yeah, and it's I, very foreign. And I always look, and you know, it's it's such a it's a palatable event to watch. Anything up until four hundred, eight hundred, it's a nice event to watch. But yeah, I mean, I've always asked these questions <laughs> as an athlete. You know, in your training, obviously, when we're doing our training for a long distance, we get an idea of what our times over a marathon or our comrades might be based on what our slower times are saying. But for you as an individual that's only got those 44 seconds to run that 400 meter in, do you go into a race having run those times sometimes in your in your practice or is it are you always training under those thresholds and then going Yeah, that's a great question. Everything like, on the day. Uh, yeah. No, no, I agree with that cuz like that is a hell of an interesting cuz we don't go run a PB you know, when we're training for it, a PB happens on race day. Yeah. But how close do you come to those PBs? So we uh, we usually have a like time trial Saturdays, whereas I will try and break down my race, especially like my first 200, 300. 
so right if this year if i can compare to the pb that i've ran and my fastest time in training it's literally 0.3 off okay 0.3 off so it's so you like, ran almost a 45 flat in your 45, training yeah, yeah yeah so you more or less the signs the signs are there in my in my training to that, that suggest that i can actually run that fast but i see um at threshold that i'm training at um uh, usually training at like 80 percent 90 percent like obviously as the season progresses, and then once i get into like in season and i'm tapping in a bit more of quality there's definitely uh what's what, what can i say like suggesting that show that i can actually go ahead and run run that, run, run that time it, it must be so difficult though like trying to differentiate your 100 percent and your 80 percent because like for us we know 100 percent would be flat out kind of but then like we okay. we can tell like for you i mean it's the difference it's between 80 and 100% must be, I don't even know how you would it's feel. It's much that. more fine-tuned, I think, because that's all you're dealing with is split seconds. You know, we're dealing in minutes, mm. he's dealing in splits. Uh, the good thing about it is that it's not my problem to worry about. That's my <laughs> yeah. coach, coach's problem. So I'm yeah, just there. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm just there at the track and then he just blows a whistle for me for <laughs> per 100 splits and then that's when I know that I'm, you, I'm reaching my 80% target. So, so, so he target does the math, he does the calculations, like... These are the splits that I want you to hit. Go ahead and do it. And is that the same even over the, the shorter distances? So say the 200 or say the 100, simple example, like take now Usain Bolt going to, to the Olympics. He, does he hit those times in his training? Because, I mean, that guy looks like he's pulling off in the last yeah, two meters. Yeah, nice. He always looks very calm and relaxed, you know. Uh, and you have to be relaxed. That's, yeah, yeah, true, true, get, true. That's how you that's how you get fast. But yeah. I mean it just seems like there's always that extra bit that he could do. I mean, that's him. I mean, he's a bit of a freak of nature to bring mm -hmm. him into the conversation. But I just always wonder, like, with that training, if you're hitting those times or not. So does it change over the shorter distance or the two hundred very similar to a four hundred training? Uh I mean, obviously there's some individuals that have really high BMT and they always show up uh, on race days like for one, Andre DeGrasse, mm. uh, those that have trained with him, because i got a couple of friends that have, they always say that uh, in training, nine out of ten times, I'll be ahead of him. Come race day, he always shows up, you know. But when it comes to obviously the 100, you really try to break down your 100 as well, and like how you'd break down your 400. But they will break it down into your 20-meter splits, mm -hmm. your 40-meter splits, and then they'll have like a flying 50, flying 60 to obviously test out your top-end speed. And then you can really play around with that and more or less figure out the target or what you could achieve in a hundred. Yeah, that's, it. Just it just seems like a different sport. What's no <laughs> completely? I, I'm, I was going to say, do you consider this running? Because I don't know what <laughs> what running is anymore. But um, what's the world record for the four hundred meter? So then here's my question. This is something that I've never understood is that in a sport that is quite literally like you run a 44, 74 yeah, yeah, and the world correct. record is a 43. So you're a second away, one second Zach from essentially the world record, right? But I mean, how does it, I, I, don't, I don't understand how you like wrap your head around that. It's like, you're all so close together. Like even Nick, what is my 400 meter time? <laughs> Tell me, because now I'm curious. David, let's just say this. I reckon we could go to the track tomorrow, bring Zach down. He's going to start okay, on the 400 meter I'm mark. a bad example. We start on the I, 300. I understand. I'm a bad example. But like, I'm also 400 meters, like, like what's Usain Bolt running 100 meters in? Um, uh, well, the world record is 958. And I'll probably do it in 10 seconds, right? No, just <laughs> 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 I 
it's just so close together. So like you, you're, you're working on like um, split seconds, very small margins here. And it, it just, it, it's really like, how do you find your progression? Just quickly to give you an example. So Kipchoge just ran that uh, marathon in 2.01.09. Yes. His, his 100 meter splits, mm-hmm. 17.50, right? <laughs> but he's running that, a marathon. Yeah, but he's that's, a, that's, a, that's a 250k. So now we know that 250k is kind of like when we're sprinting, that's our, our sprint. There's obviously more that we could be giving if we were just training for sprinting. Parking lot, you, me right now, 100 meter sprint. <laughs> Maybe let's leave this for another yeah, day. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, look, I think in terms of that, it, it is a, a massive, it, it's a massive difference. Like one and a half seconds over that distance. That's Mentally, what you got to think I'm about. It's over the distance, you know? Yeah, true. I mean, because if you were to look at, like, like you just said, one second for a marathon yeah. is more just like pretty much really close, you know? And then a one Very second close. and a hundred, that's also something different. You so, know, like, yeah, if you were to like obviously compare the two, and take a picture so to say you can look at that one second gap and then if you, t- you were to take that one second gap and place another hundred that's yeah. actually a huge margin yeah. but you, do you ever get demotivated where you're like trying to try, you're like you're like a second like because i would be like i'm just a second away like i would look at my body and be like well, reach the, your uh, arm out well the numbers are looking good for the guy the he's, numbers he's, are looking they're, great they're dropping down <laughs> and he's got age on his side man yeah, that's yeah. actually very How old true. are you? Uh, 24. 24. So, I mean, you're running at 44, 74, at 24. Uh, most of the guys you're competing against, they're like in their late 20s. Yeah, late 20s, at that level. 30s, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've you seriously got time on your side to get to that level. Do you believe that you can get to that level? Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like this year uh, was really like a year for where I got a whole lot of self-belief in myself because I really competed with the best in the world in the European circuits at world champs. And I was hearing Wade a couple of times. I mean, the best guy. Mm. Have you run, with, you've run with Wade? I ran, I ran with Wade a couple of times. Uh, that was really like, for me, more or less, I ran against the best guy in the world. Yeah. I can more or less compete with anyone else, really. So that's how I saw it. So like, I just, I started believing myself a bit more. And right now I can tell you, uh, I really want to, I really consider myself as a contender come Olympics. Well, you, you, you're currently ranking in Goose the top bumps. 10 in the world. Yes. Yeah, is that, that is, is correct. That correct? Um, I mean, that, that, in the world. that is incredible, you know, uh, and going into two big years. I mean, in the next coming years, we've got the world champs. Where, where are those happening? In Budapest. Uh, Budapest, yeah. Budapest world champs, and I want to chat about that. And then we've got the Olympics next year. This guy is hitting peak, peak. Have you qualified for? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. So you're going to the Olympics? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the qualifying win for the Olympics only opens next year, but I've already qualified for world champs next year. Okay. But considering the times that he's running now, even just holding the standard that you're currently holding, you should qualify for Paris. Yeah, yeah, no, I should. Yeah. I should. And before we get ahead of that, I just want to chat about your year because like you say, it's been, it's been a breakthrough year. It's been massive for you, but it's also come with its ups and downs, right? Yeah, so, no, for sure. <laughs> so did I read correct that you missed the Commonwealth Games because of long COVID essentially? Um, so yeah, but basically that is correct. So what happened was, which is, which is really like the crazy and the sad part for me. So we have like a training base in Jamona, Italy, which is where, uh, most of the South African athletes train, uh, whilst they're in Europe. Um, so what happened was earlier, earlier that day I'd had, um, a session whereby I broke down my 400 and I was really hitting PB splits. And then later that afternoon, we traveled to Birmingham. Um, and then upon arrival, I tested positive for COVID, <sighs> which I was in so much disbelief. 
So I was hoping because my my event, the 400 meter heat, were only taking place five six days uh, from then, uh, and from what I've heard from everyone else, they've been spending like a good two three days in isolation. So I thought, okay, cool. Now nah, I can I can do two three days. So then I ended up actually staying there the longest. I uh, stayed about six days, and I literally watched the heats of the 400 oh. meters on TV. I was like, oh, great. That's terrible. And then, uh, That's man. And I mean, the, the, the time that you ran in Zurich eventually would have gotten you a silver. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, COVID has affected all of us in many <laughs> different ways. But I think, man, that, that hit you, must have hit you low. Now, that was, that was a tough one to, to swallow. Because after that, I got literally, I got discharged, if I should say, that afternoon after the heat. I was like, oh, oh my great, goodness. guys. So then, um, Conspiracy. <laughs> Conspiracy. Uh, they didn't want you running, man. Yeah. So I was like, oh, great. So then literally when I got back to the track, because I still had a couple of meets lined up. Uh, so I just went to the training track and I still wasn't pretty much tip top shape. So you felt okay? I felt, I felt okay. I that's okay. I, I didn't have any symptoms. I was asymptomatic from the get go, and I was in denial. They keep coming and testing me. I'm like, guys, I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. So, yeah, that would have, that, I would have unraveled. I reckon, well, well, well done. I reckon if Davey tested positive the day before comrades, he would have just gone and run it anyway. 100%. I'm not an elite runner, though. So, yeah, yeah fair enough. But, I mean, how how did you get yourself out of that? You said you had other events lined up. You had Oregon lined up. I oh, know that was beforehand. So, was so for uh, what we were told is that most of the athletes that came from Oregon tested positive. So the, most of the people that were in isolation, literally the individuals that flew in from World Champs in Oregon into Birmingham. So I was just like one of those unlucky ones. And and those World Champs in Oregon was it also there was there wasn't smooth sailing as well, correct? You, I mean, you arrived there on the day of your heat. Is that correct? Or no, the, we arrived there on the day of the hundred meter heat. So uh, I still had a bit of time. I had like two days before the four hundred meter heat, but it was just uh, <laughs> it was really frustrating. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so we just had like was sorry, it visa but, issues? Yeah, we had or? sorry, we had like visa issues. Basically, what had happened was. Like, like I've mentioned beforehand, like uh, we had a couple of athletes which were like training in Jamona uh, in Italy. So they weren't really, well, with the domestic season obviously over, there weren't really much meets happening in South Africa. So we obviously just trying to find races, trying to make some money as well. So we use that obviously as our training, uh, training camp. So we are su- basically were supposed to do our visas in the Italian embassy or the US embassy in Italy. And uh, we were basically all, um, what's the name? Uh, applications for all of us were made in Joburg, which was the big mess up. Stuff up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you get there two days before. Now you have to acclimatize. You're rushing around. You're trying to get your mind settled for the, this event. How did, how did that go? How did the world champs go there? I was actually still a bit jet lagged. Um, so I had called my doctor. I'm like, oh, Dr. Subin. What should I do? And he's like, just try to take sleeping tablets and hopefully you'll adjust in time. Um, so when I got there, the day of my heats, I managed to, to wing it and progress through to the semifinals. But that eventually caught up with me when I had to run the, what's the name, the semis for the mm. 400. And I was a bit tired and a bit off, off shape, really. I like that chain of thoughts also. Just in terms of, like for us, we do a race, we've got to recover for a fairly long time. I mean... When you're running your heats, are you running them at a specific, are you trying to hit a specific time for that heat just to qualify? You know, 
the guys around me, this is the time I got to hit so that I qualify so that I don't give out everything that I have. Because guys are obviously always improving through the heats and semis and then finals. So do you have purpose when you when you're going out or? You yeah, yeah, true. I mean, obviously, you look at the past championship and you know very well uh, which times would more or less run me like through to the next round, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you more or less like, have like a sort of target. You more uh, you look at your competition as well, people that you lined up with in the heats, and then with hopes that should I run this, I should make it through. And then the recovery process in between those two, because I mean in between heats semis and finals there must be like a a routine that you follow in order to make sure you're recovering quickly for your next for your next heat yeah but what what uh, world champs in oregon was a bit tricky you know because uh usually i'd have heats semis and finals like three uh, consecutive days with that uh, we had two days off between our heats and semis uh so it was a kind of tricky there but i mean my my normal recovery would be ice bath uh physio and a bit of run-throughs but then with with obviously the schedule that we had i also had to add a session uh just to get my body fired Mm. up again Mm. for the semi so that was a bit different for me and i'm not gonna say it didn't work out but it was just it was just different it was different sure it's uh it it sounds like the whole experience was just not the ideal experience that you would want to have when you go to the world champs. So, no, nah, nah, not at all. So and we hope Budapest is going to be better. And I hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it'll be closer to, to sure. Budapest this time around. I have my visa in time, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that's still a problem in today's world, you know, with, with the visa situation. I know a lot of people are struggling to travel, in, especially America. I think America has been quite tricky for South Africans is to get their visas to get through to that side. But... You know, being an elite level athlete, you hope that your your association would be able to sort of pull pull some, some strings, strings and, yeah. and get you in there on time. Moving on from there, you then obviously went to Zurich uh, Diamond League, where you f- eventually ran this this forty four seventy four. Was that your first time under forty five? Uh, no, no, no. So um, I had ran sub 45 for the first time in poland this was around june okay uh but then again it was also like another gamble whereby do i go ahead and compete in poland or travel and join team south africa a lot earlier for african champs in mauritius so well in my in my in my favor it actually worked out because i got to run my first sub 45 there whatnot but uh, heading obviously to the championship, I was with all the 30 hours of traveling and arriving literally the night before my heats. Uh, it wasn't really the best of decision mm. for the championship, obviously. So, but yeah, not it affected you. All, all, all I'm hearing over here is if you want to travel the world, um, <laughs> become a 400 meter athlete because I've heard <laughs> Poland, I've heard Instable, I've heard Instable, Instabul. <laughs> But I mean, Mauritius. that 45 mark, is that quite a, quite a big mark for 400 meters to be able to go underneath that? That sounds like it's quite a, a big boundary to get over. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much like the magical number you got number okay. in order to be regarded as an elite runner, yeah, sort of say. Yeah. Well, you've been hitting that now quite consecutively in these last few meets this year. So um, obviously, previous year, Go back to the Olympics, 2021 Olympics. 
um, obviously event that was supposed to happen in 2020. Talk us a little bit about the Olympics itself, the, the Olympic dream, so to speak. That When did you know that you were going to go to the Olympics and how did you take that? Um, so it seems like I'm always coming with like excuses for every championship. <laughs> like I don't have BM2. <laughs> no, so uh, with the Olympics, I qualified because I didn't meet the qualifying standard of 44.90 at the time. So my PB that year was 45.03. But then I qualified via the world ranking system. I was ranked 28th, I think, 28th of 48 so that's how i made it into the olympics i literally like found out on the very last day uh when they announced the team well for me it was like i didn't really had the olympics targets for well for tokyo uh, at least um i was more or less looking into birmingham the following year so it came to me i'm not gonna say it came to me as a, as a huge surprise but I was really overwhelmed by mm. everything. Uh, it's like my first selection for an individual event because I'm usually, um, I'm usually relay. like, yeah, yeah, I'm usually only there for like the, the relay, relay setup. Uh, so for me, it was like uh, a lot to take in because I mean, it's like my first introduction to the senior team for an individual event and I'm doing it at the Olympics. So it's, yeah, I mean, like, uh, and then come the Olympics, the atmosphere wasn't what I expected again due to COVID. Yeah. So, I mean, we had no spectators. But I guess the good thing for me is that I hadn't been to any Olympics. So I couldn't really compare it to like anything. So, so you were disappointed though? Uh, <laughs> a, a tad bit. Because I heard that McDonald's was uh, one of the sponsors in Rio and we didn't have any McDonald's. So like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, guys. But, uh, but I believe your favorite food is Afros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so maybe yeah. Afro should look into sponsoring the Olympics one day. You share yeah. that with Davey. Davey goes to Afros every day. His Instagram followers will <laughs> Tommy, know. Tommy, Tommy, what's your what's your favorite uh, <laughs> favorite order off the menu? Um, don't say strips and chips. <laughs> <laughs> Davey even took us there for our team meeting yesterday. He's like, guys, don't worry, we'll go to Afros. But you paying? You you pay for your own? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I definitely like the burgers with yeah, <laughs> what's the name of uh, bacon and ever. Yeah, fair yeah. The, the wraps are good. Yeah, the wraps are good as well with the car, cars a little whatnot. Shout out to Afros. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that time, when I was with my partner, when I had a partner or whatnot, we used to buy, I used to buy the burger and you, should, and you used to buy like the wrap or not, and then we go half-half. Well, that's just, that's just common sense. <laughs> we just I mean, go half-half, so that makes so much sense, but I mean. <laughs> just, that just makes complete sense. So okay, so there was no Afros in Tokyo, let's put it that way. No, no, no. There was no McDonald's. No, no McDonald's. So it wasn't so quite that a was culture biggest, That was your biggest letdown. <laughs> No, no McDonald's, no supporters. Why am I here? There's no point in running a hard, a hard set. Yet. I'm not gonna get those chicken nuggets after my race. And what are we doing? I mean, and we couldn't even uh, leave the village, so we literally just stuck there in a bubble. COVID test every morning. Yeah, it was a bit of yeah, not not really what I expected, you know. Kind of wish you tested positive there and not in Birmingham. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is the Olympics, man. <laughs> okay, well. Once every four years, you know. But was it good enough to get one of those uh, tattoos on your bicep? Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have, I, I don't have um, tattoo of Olympic rings again because I feel like I just didn't quite deserve it. I underperformed, underachieved, so I... So I we save know. it for Paris. Yeah, you can tower. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Just yeah. right there at the back. I thought Tava going through the rings. That everyone will know. Once you get a 41 second PB. 
41 seconds. 41 seconds. That's We're not gonna happen. No, no, Come no, on, no, guys. No, 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 I, I want to, you know, like Kipchoge's, <laughs> like, like really like challenging it. Like, come on. We can, yeah, but I'm sure can, we can go under 40 seconds. Well, maybe if we get a car to drive. <laughs> what, the, the 100 meter uh, Olympic champion, what is his name? Uh, Marcel Jacobs. Marcel Jacobs. He does that training where there's that car that runs in front of him and like takes the, the resistance away from him. Yeah, no, he trains like a lab rat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, would you ever go into that style of training? Are you are you just uh, loving the the type of training you're doing currently? Uh, right now, I'm currently happy with what I'm doing. Uh, am I willing to explore? Yeah, for sure. But I just don't think his type of training would work for my event. Okay. Well, so so would you say uh, at what forty three seventy? Um, what's the word record? Forty three seventy three zero three. Would you say that that's like at like the um, tip of what we are capable as humans or is that obviously i mean because i mean you look at marathons you've got kipchoge is doing you know there's like what like a minute to play there kind of or less than a minute mm. in terms of getting under two hours so what would you say would be like a ridiculous time and, and who and who's on the verge of you know really breaking through for like maybe a a sub or a world record a world record, uh, world record. do you think um, uh, M- michael norman is there uh right now no uh, i don't think so personally he's, um, he's the number one ranked okay if i'm asking where's where's wade ranked uh he's sixth sixth, sixth right now but yeah, wade yeah, has yeah. been suffering with injury pretty much since rio olympics he's been yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in and out and that's something that i really wanted to mention and, and and talk to you about especially with you knowing wade and having run with him how do you stay fit and how do yes. you not go through that i mean yeah, injuries happen and it's part of the sport. Uh, but is there sort of things that you do to try and bulletproof your body? I know you mentioned strength training, the importance of that. And I mean, are we going to see him recover back to his best? Hey, Nick, did you know that it's a cool idea to eat a nutritious diet packed with loads of fiber? Oh, yeah? Yeah, you should Google it using Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions. I hear they've been voted number one internet service provider for customer service. Yeah. And you'll get hold of them faster than the fiber can work through your system. This year, he really showed signs that he's on the verge of uh, of his return. I mean, he the last race that he ran, uh, he managed to beat Kirani James, who finished second at World Chabs. So that shows you that even though like his running style has changed, his tactics as well has pretty much changed a bit. But I think. Next year, he's definitely one to look out for for the title. He sh- he should be if God forbid no injuries, he should be back on top. So and next year we should have more than one athlete on the podium, is what you're telling us. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> and what is I mean, what injuries do you guys suffer from? Because obviously uh, we I mean we suffer from lots of injuries, but, but it's more chronic injuries. It's like repetitive injuries. Where their injuries is like muscle tears and, and stuff like that. Because like what I'm hearing is like. Obviously, you put your body under a lot of strain for a couple seconds, right? Yeah, that's true. So, like, what kind of injuries are we talking about? Is it is it muscle um, tears or is it? I mean, what's the most common injury for a four hundred meter runner? Because after you're trying to get the body to run at one hundred percent, yeah. Uh, usually, well, the the most common one is is hamstrings, hamstring tears, and uh, from time to time, Achilles. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much those two. Those, those two most common um, injuries that we are faced with. 
Okay. So, so that's, I mean, those are common injuries in, in runners as well, like your normal long distance, middle distance runners. But I think the amount of force that you're exerting at any given stage as a sprinter really puts a massive load on those. So it is more than muscular tears. I believe, I think Wade was suffering from the hamstring. Um. Uh, so he actually, uh, he tore his ACL whilst he was playing yeah. that friendly rugby game. So then from there onwards, his body hasn't been the same responding well yeah so from one egg to another so his recent one was his hamstring tear which happened in in may so i think that's obviously another reason why he wasn't really in tip-top shape come world champs i think the recovery process is so much worse you know because if now you've got a slightly damaged muscle you can still go run a 10k fairly comfortably and continue your training but these guys really they can't push to that upper percentage of training so it's it's you know the moment you have a little niggle, it, it can really affect you quite negatively. Whereas with us, a little niggle, you can sort of run through it. And I think that's what the biggest difference is between the two sports is you, you're running at a much higher percentage of your threshold for a, a, a shorter relative period of time. But that's the game, right? So that's when, you, when you're sprinting. So what are you doing in terms of your strength training, your power training? Is there quite a big regime of that in, in your normal training routine? So I would have... About four strength uh, sessions, uh, strength conditioning sessions a week. Uh, so it's just all about trying to bulletproof my hammies, mm. my quads, and being able to to come back the next day and like literally train at Still optimal level. Session. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I mean, does that training change in relation to the, the phase of season that you're in? So say now going into the off season now, going back into it, that's when you can really load the body quite a bit from a strength training perspective. Yeah, and then yeah, say yeah. leading up to the world champs, would you taper off of that strength training at a higher percentage, do more body weight, easier yeah. type stuff, and then obviously perform? Yeah, that's pretty much about it. So you go from actually loading the body uh, and then once we after get into in season, uh, we start cutting it down to about. So we go from like preseason, we'd have like four sessions, like I said, and then once we get into in season, you cut it down to about like one session and just a whole lot of plyos, plyometrics, just to try, try and get the body fired up, uh, giving you that balance, elasticity. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, it's it's such a massive part of the sport, and I think you know for any young athlete wanting to get into it. It's, it's really the most important thing at, to remaining bulletproof. And, you know, you're still young in your career. In order to, to really get to those times, you need to make sure there's continuity in your training and be able to keep on building up. And, you know, if you have a couple of months, years off due to injury, you really are just losing a lot of time in the, in the greater scheme of things. So it's good to hear that, you know, a professional level athlete like you uh, that's got to juggle all of the things like travel, getting to races, actually performing at every individual race you know it's, it's quite a busy schedule as well when you are racing it seems like you're going from one race to the next to the next so like staying at that upper level of training it must be quite a quite a tricky challenge it's quite a fine balance yeah and it's really taxing on the body like if i was to like break down my typical travel schedule like in europe i'd literally probably arrive two days before uh for a meet I wouldn't really do much the day when I arrive, race drills a day, compete the next day, and I'm flying out the, mm-hmm. the fourth day. You know, I don't really get to go sightseeing. So what I see uh, is what I obviously so see from the drive. Yeah, yeah, it's what I see from the drive from the airport to the hotel and back. <laughs> so then after that, so I'd have like probably like two to three races, three races maximum in a week. 
So then from there onwards, I fly to the next country, do the same routine, compete, fly to the next country, same routine. That's just and silly. Yeah, yeah. And how do you stay at that that top level? I mean, in, in a normal, say, periodization model, you've got like your, your building phases, then you get into like your peak level of fitness. I mean, how do you stay at peak level for weeks and months at a time? My training program allows me to to stay at peak level between six to eight eight weeks. If, uh, we eventually start using obviously like races as a way of trying to get fit if I'm not really like there or whatnot. Uh, sorry, what was your question again? Just how, how do you stay at that level? How do I stay at that yeah. level? Uh, obviously, like you say, your training schedule lasts for six to eight weeks. So you know you've got that six to eight week it's window cool. where you have to go and, and run the specific races that you targeted yeah, for yeah. that year. So I'd have, yeah, like, so I'd have like three races, three, four races. Then I hit into like another training block and then back again, uh, mm, three, mm. Three, 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 four races into another two, two training, two week training block again. So now obviously off season is feet up. You're not doing anything. Are you doing anything right now? No, 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 nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so then when, <laughs> I'm you, off my feet. <laughs> when you say staying fit, obviously your fit and our fit is, is different. So because in, in terms of it, like we go for aerobic. Yeah. Aerobic but fitness. So, I mean, I mean, you your fitness base is a lot different. Um, so, how do you know when you're feeling fit? When he feels a little relaxed at the <laughs> last fifty of the four hundred, he knows he's good. I always say the clock doesn't lie. So, <laughs> so once I start hitting my times in training, and especially the one session that really I uh, used to judge is when I'm doing like a three hundred, one hundred back to back session. So, if I can hit my numbers. In, in the 300, rest my 30 seconds, hit my numbers in the 100. That's when I know I'm like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah I guess it's that recovery. So, you know, we measure it in the ability to sustain an effort for a long period of time. Zach measures that in the, his ability to recover for his next effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And then t- talk to me about um, the mental part of the 400 meters. Because, I mean, I always, you know, when I watch these races, the Olympics and, and all of that, and I see like everybody lining up and then, it's um what do they say take your marks yeah yeah. take your marks and then it's just like dead silence and everyone crouches down and you know like this is it within like the next for you it's about to kick down it's (laughs) about to get real like for you within the next 40 i keep forgetting these times he wants to say 41 he wants to push you 40 45 seconds let's say it's like there's very little room for error. Whereas like longer distance running, you like you can get into it. You know, mm. you have like a lot of time to compose yourself, but like you are all or nothing. It must be like you gotta have the perfect start. You gotta have so much has to fall into place. And I mean, I don't think I would have the mental composure to like just even begin the race. I think I'd probably fall over when the gun goes off. But <laughs> but your mental strength must be very strong. Uh, I guess. Or is, or, or <laughs> is it something that you've just it's naturally natural. Um, I mean, right now, really, I could say I've just grown into it. Because I want, honestly, like I always say, when I, when I ever like went to a race, what now is like, I've really competed with the best in the world. So I know who's who, I know what's what, and I yeah. know what to expect. I suppose, yeah, so, you're just used to it. Yeah, so it's just more like trying to execute my own race, trying to win those private battles, those. Um, so, yeah, like I, I don't really care much about winning the race, more like really overcoming. My obstacles, my obstacles that I'm faced with, running a PB for me, whatnot. If my PB helps me uh, win the race, if my whatever time I run, which is what my target is for that day, uh, allows me to win the race, then that's pretty much about it. Like, yeah, so, it, uh, I mean, talk us through that like 400 meter race now. We're sitting there, you're at the, the finals. 
everything goes quiet, you're getting into your starting position. Is there any sort of thought process going through right there or are you just blanking the out? Thought process waiting, is run. Waiting for that gun to go off. And then when the gun goes off, you got a race plan, right? Even over 400 yeah, yeah. meters, you got a plan. So talk <laughs> us a little bit about that. I mean, Davey would have no it's plan. Just like, it's just, it's like... Go I'm, till you it, blow. It's just like, I know we're both, we're all doing the same thing, but it's just, it's so different. Like we're all running. Yeah. But it's um, crazy how, how, how just um, different they are. Again, obviously, it just depends on, on the lane that I'd get on the day. Um, yeah, that lane, yeah. the lane system screws with me. I mean, you only really know when you get onto that last no, straight. Yeah. But do you know, like, based on where you are, according to, like, even through 100, 200, where everyone else is, how you're doing, whether you're uh, getting left behind or whether you... You just use your peripheral view. But, I mean, you can hear footsteps. You can hear footsteps <laughs> coming at you. I mean, especially with my last race as well, like, my coach, like, he, like he would tell me, like, you know very well that so-and-so is going to come on your shoulders already before the 200. Don't panic. Stick to race plan. Don't panic. Stick to race plan. But like on a, on a normal like race day, uh, literally I'm just more or less like once once uh, the starter says on your marks, I'm really more or less focusing on reacting to the gun more than anything, you know. So yeah. Do you, do you, do you like getting down into that crouching? <laughs> or do you wish um, like you could just stand and just start running? Like nah, nah, I pre- I pre- I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I really do prefer the starting blocks, but there's these, these terrible starters that hold you guys for quite a long while. So now you're out here on your set position and you're shaking and shaking, hoping he's just gonna, you know, like shoot that gun already, yeah. you know. Um, but that 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 little split second there when when like start hesitating, you start <laughs> hesitating. Have you ever false started like in a in a big event like that, like at the Olympics? Uh, <laughs> if if I'm being honest. If you're being uh, honest, you know, if I'm being now, if, if, if we're candid, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, one should never fall start in a 400. One should never fall start. <laughs> well, should never. So, never. if you, like, if you, you fall start in a 400, it's really. Are you that yeah. guy? So, yeah. just everyone look at you and be like, uh, what are you doing here? Because, I mean, we're talking 0.1, 0.2 in terms of like reaction difference from one athlete to another. So, that you can, you've got a whole 400 to somewhat make up for it. Uh, whereas in the hundred, it's really no margin for error or whatnot. Mm. So that point one uh, is literally the difference between a sub ten, like going nine nine and running ten flat. You know, uh, so in a four hundred, really, uh, you shouldn't really be false starting. Uh, but I have, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> one should not. <laughs> like I have. He built no, that up I a have. lot. Eh? <laughs> he gave him around that question. He took a while to get the an answer. <laughs> Only once. <laughs> nah, I have, and I. I uh, this happened when I was, I think I was 16. So first year into the next division, which was youth level. So I just came back from winning sub youth champs the previous year. So I'm on an all time high. I'm like, let me go ahead and tackle these big boys. So after the heats, I, I got a bit of a shocker, you know, uh, I mean, I made it through to the next round, but I got a bit of a shocker. And then I'm like, my pride didn't really allow me to take an L. So I fall started. <laughs> so yeah. On purpose. Oh, uh, or, uh, wait. So, if, what happens if, if you fall start? If, if you, you looked, if qualified. If, if you looked at my reaction, I, I really, I really sold it. Uh, I sold it, but <laughs> that one there was on purpose. Wow. All right. Well, you are being very truthful. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Have you told anybody else's story at all? <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna break this to the world. <laughs> Clickbait. We'd rather not lose. Yeah. Let's not want to lose. Win at all costs or get Olympic. disqualified. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but race planning. 
over a 400 meter distance. Because uh, Nick, Nick's obsessed with race planning. He's going to ask you, what's your nutrition over a 400 meter? Are you carrying a, are you carrying a goo with you? Have you got you tables have on the side? Can you pick up enough on the tables? Do you have time to take in a goo or like... Just a shot of adrenaline before the start, I reckon. That's what it needs. Or do you focus on post-race McDonald's to, to try and get you through it? I mean, I'm, I focus on both, actually. Uh, I have my pre-race routine and and obviously what I would have uh, before the race. Literally my maxi vitamins, my Red Bull, an hour before and when I introduced the Red Bull into my warm-up. Shout out to Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for sponsors, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, and then post um uh post uh post race whatnot is really like my recovery shakes and yeah. And and during the race, like, is it, like you said, uh, your coach tells you, you know, stick to race plan, 200 meters, the guy's going to come through, you have a plan. I mean, does that plan change from race to race based on your competition? Or um, is it just your race plan? doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I mean, it depends on the level of competition. If we want to try something out and then, yeah, for sure, it really it changes. But, you know, like how, how he describes is that you have a full tank of petrol, uh, mm-hmm. So to say, full tank of energy. Yeah, full tank Break of energy. Break it down. <laughs> this is dumb it down for me, please. You have a full tank of energy, and in order to run, uh, let me just for example, if I like my optimal race split for the first two hundred would be run about two one five, two one three. If I am to run anything faster than that, it really uh, consume a lot of my fuel, and I won't really have. And it's not something that I can. I can't really like fill up mid race mm. and you know and trying to finish the the race of the four hundred. So whatever I've consumed over the first two hundred is what I have left for the last hundred, so <laughs> to say. So it's all about like energy conservation and being able to decelerate the least is actually because you you don't really kick. I'm not yeah. going to say kick. It's more so like so. There's de- no nos. There's no nos button. Uh, I, mean, like. I mean, you you try to activate it, but if you're being if you're being <laughs> the honest, button's not working. <laughs> it's in a Taz. Nineteen ninety Taz. It's not. So you try to change down. It's not happening. So yeah, down. Uh, so Fair yeah, enough. so it's more like trying to decelerate the least, the least over the last hundred. And I mean, there's no ways you could go. 110% from the start to the finish. Uh, it's not, not possible physiologically. You feel it's not. Uh, yeah, no, the lactic is definitely going yeah, to creep in. Okay. So you uh, mentioned this lactic twice now. So so what are you saying? Like <laughs> your body will just cease. Cease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what happens to you. Oh, well, like, well, shut <laughs> up. Nobody asked you. I'm speaking to Zach. Thank it's you very lactic. much. I'm just going to say lactic. Lactic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't really have much lactic in my body. <laughs> but you, don't, you don't do much now anymore. You're <laughs> hardly a runner. Zach, this has been such an interesting conversation. I just want to quickly touch base onto uh, sort of your your current situation with obviously New Balance is your main sponsor. ASA, um, I was going to say SAA. Not a good sponsor to have. But funding wise, I mean... Is there enough funding in the sport? Is there enough funding backing you? Or uh, do you have to constantly search for outside sources of funding to get to all these events and be able to further your career the way you anticipate? I mean, over the past couple of years, with this year included as well, um, I've obviously had to search for corporate sponsors. Um, Like I've had Edgefield Marketing that's been helping me out and NCS Resins that have been helping me out over the past couple of years. If you're being honest, which is something that I really uh, got to learn once I got into Europe, 
Athletic South Africa really treats athletics in this country as an amateur sport. I'm not I'm not sure if you've picked up, but if you most of our top athletes, uh, I'm talking about Akani Zimbini, Wade, and all that, they don't really pay much attention to the domestic season. Yeah, their primary focus is really going out there into the European circuit and dominating there. So, yeah, we just pretty much choose it as professionals that side, and that's why I've also I've also started shifting focus mainly into into the circuit, uh, into European circuit, then. The, the domestic uh, mm. season, you know, I can use it to prep for, for my objectives for the year. But I uh, really trying to win national champs. Well, I mean, who doesn't want to win national champs? But what I'm saying is that I've won the title twice already, back to back, and so I that was really, what last year and, and this year and this year, and I really haven't received anything for that. So I've literally just shifted focus into what happens in Europe. Uh, look, I guess it is all about you and your career and trying to further that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you just have to, at, at the end of the day, you know, you really just have to look after your own bag. It's sad to hear that, though, because, I mean, there's it's so it's much not, talent. And it's not through a lack of following, you know. People in this country are very passionate about sports in general. Athletics is something that's really picking up, I think, a lot. I think it's been through a, a lot of, you know, difficult times, but... You know, sports and, and running in general is, is something that, you know, a lot of people are looking towards getting into as a sport. So hopefully it is something that can change in the future. And perhaps you could be the the mediator for that. You can you can you can start the change, man. Uh, no, hopefully, hopefully when the, <laughs> when the time is right. Because, I mean, one of, one of my, my biggest issues with all of this, uh, I don't know if you pay much attention to the juniors that we have in this country and how they compete uh, at World Juniors, whatnot. I think for the past three, four editions, we've really finished. We finished in the top five with medal tallies, and then literally the transition from junior level to to senior level is really not that bridge, you know. Because now, mm. like, what, like I don't know, like, are they expecting all of them to go pro? And sign uh, with shoe deals, whatnot, or do they expect all of them to go to to the US and compete in NCAA's? Not not everyone can afford that, you know. Yeah. So like, what happens to the ones that stay behind? And literally, the university system uh, right now doesn't really accommodate for uh, for this transition right here. I mean, there's only what, like what like user champs, like only one championships that should supposedly like bridge the gap between the two. I mean, Vasi Athletics has been non-existent for the past couple of years. That usually helped a bit. Uh, I mean, Kasta, Akani, Wade, and all that, they stayed behind and they competed at Vasi Athletics. And it seems like that system right there really worked for them. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's you don't know what the right answer is. I, 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 really, I really, I don't know what's, what's happening, but I feel like something needs to be done. Between between the two, between junior level and senior level, because you can't really expect uh, first year. Well, I mean, some of them can, but I mean, like first year at a junior level. Now, I'm supposed to be competing with the big boys, and I need to somewhat be competitive. And you know, like, so do you feel like we're losing a lot of athletes to to that? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I'm. Oh, that's yeah, that's horrible to to hear. But you know, hopefully, it is something that changes. And I think having people like you speaking out about it. It's it's the only way that it is going to create enough awareness for for the general public to actually uh, take take charge and and hopefully see that change through. Like you you're still young, 
you still got time to see it happen, perhaps uh, uh, lead lead the change. But I think, you know, but we've, we've had such a nice conversation. It's honestly been such a in, incredible thing just getting to meet you sitting across from you i honestly think you you've got so much left and it's it's just it's actually scary to to think about it that way and i'm i'm so personally so excited to see where your career still takes you i think you're still in, in such a young phase of your career so that's extremely exciting uh, i just want to sort of close off with a quote that I, I picked up from your social media, and I don't know where you picked it up from. But I think it's <laughs> it's, it's a maybe, quote. Come maybe on. it came from you, but it, it's it's something that I think really relates to not just your sprinting, but just running in general. And it reads: Your greatest runs are really measured by racing success. There are moments in time when running allows you to see how wonderful your life is. So it it really it it struck me when I read that because running makes things so great like you said when you're at that starting gate you're not really thinking about anything it's the only time you're not worrying about anything you just sure, all you gotta that's, do that's is run a, that's your self uh, safe haven you know do you love running uh, I, I love it thank I love you it. that's the question it. that i, I gotta ask you. <laughs> so you I love running it. we'll see you on the road for a 10k though no so mm, i reckon nah, this is what's gonna that. happen there. <laughs> so when when <laughs> when zach starts training again what we need to do is we need to go down to the Durban track, yes. right? We're going to make the man start at 400 meters. Yes. We're going to start at 300 meters. <laughs> okay. And let's see who wins. Okay. I still think we're going to be charged. <laughs> I reckon we're going to go past 100 meters to go. This guy's going to come flying past us in his off season. But I think we can... But then uh, if we agree to that, then he has to sign up for Hollywood Bits 10K. Oh, uh, well, we can't do that to the guy uh, let's 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 go down we we do track we track athletes david oh we do no you run six, <laughs> you run 66 minutes for 400 66 minutes 66 <laughs> seconds may is as well my, be is that my time eh? may, as be, may as well be minutes no but nobody's <laughs> ever told me that you're doing a 400 meter pb attempt okay so we're gonna go and do it i'm keen zach thank you so much man it's been All a pleasure right. And uh, honestly, so excited to see where your journey takes you. And we are rooting for you at World Champs next year and look forward to seeing you hold that flag high at the, at the Paris Olympics in 2024. I much appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Zach. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool ideas. It's the best idea. And they are voted number one internet service provider for their customer service. But don't take our word for it. Try it for yourself. Visit their website, www.coolideas.co.za and check coverage for your area. Do it now. We hope you enjoyed listening to another episode of Making a Runner. Make sure to leave a review and share with a running buddy. And you can also follow our journey on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date with the latest news and episodes. Cheers for now. Bye.